You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Welcome to After The Show, Sid Talk. Thanks. Welcome listeners. Welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. You're very jovial today. I am jovial. That is my <laughs> middle name. It's not. <laughs> that <laughs> so, is not correct. So what's the uh, before the after the show discussion, if you will? A little bit of this movie. Yeah. And you doing some update on a thing, which is super boring. That's about it. You know what, Sid? So you've got to update stuff to keep <laughs> things I knew you'd moving. defend it, but whatever. Yeah. You've got to. Everybody out there who thinks that listening to somebody talk about updates is boring, raise your hand. Even if you love them and appreciate them updating your stuff for you, raise your hand. So my hand is up. Yeah, that's why you. Because <laughs> I update your thing. Well, you're my IT person. I mean, I work for Information Technology Services Division. I'm in IT, and you are my IT person. So I'm an it person. <laughs> you're it, man. You I'm are it. it. All right, so it's Saturday, January the 15th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And on our 719th show, we're going to review the movie Eternals. It's a 2021 movie. Releases on Blu-ray. Well, actually releases on Blu-ray next month. Is that right? Is that a question? I don't know. I haven't. You know I don't know. No, it actually releases on Blu-ray on February the 15th. So we got this a bit early. If you want to watch it now, you can stream it on digital platforms. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Marvel and Disney who sent us a code for review. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the movie Eternals. I don't think I need to give you a synopsis, except it's a bunch of Marvel cartoon characters. I'm sorry, comic book characters who have crazy powers saving the world. (laughs) Was that... That's a reasonable assessment. Could you use that one synopsis and put it on all of the models? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You hire me one time <laughs> to write the front of all your boxes and you'll be good. Is that a criticism from you? It's not a criticism. No. Why does it sound like a criticism? Well, you know, because you're saying, oh, they're all kind of the same. They are all kind of the same. And you know my <laughs> philosophy about entertainment. It's all kind of the same anyway. We just approach a few things a little bit differently. We repackage it, dress it up different ways. But essentially, what do we want to do? We want to keep going. We want to thwart all the enemies and fall in love and feel powerful. I mean, it's one story, right? Let me give you the synopsis from the box. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. The saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Both are correct. You're touching on one of my criticisms, so we'll get there in the end. All right, so Eternals is the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Sita, what did you think of it? I liked it. The <laughs> I, end. I know you love, you love that assessment. <laughs> I did. I really enjoyed it. I knew nothing about the Eternals. I didn't even know they existed, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't know what it was till they saw the movie, so I'm not a comic book person. You don't sit around for hours and hours every day explaining to me the Marvel world and universe because I don't care enough. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would like, you could tell me all day how to update a PC and about Marvel's world. Actually, let let me tell you, 
I sit on my own in a room and I just talk about Marvel and look at <laughs> I sit and just say it to the corner of the room. I mean, I don't I'm not doubting that you would do that. I do it when you're not here. <laughs> Entirely possible for sure. So I knew nothing, but going into it, you know, I like science fiction. I know there's been some criticism by one individual that we follow or watch or whatever who's bitching about it not being religiously correct or something. I don't even know, but I like I like science fiction. I like people making up shit that isn't real, that has a whole crazy world of characters and places and ideas. And then you just step into it for a little while. Of course, there's flaws, right? It's not like it didn't move me or tingle all of my senses the way that like galaxy guardians of the galaxy did. And I, you know, still it's an intangible. This one doesn't have that comedy thing so much or anything, but I like that. I like that they took out the cheekiness, you know, Yeah, there's a little bit, of cheekiness. a little tiny bit, but not overwriting. So I like it for different reasons. I had a really good time. I just think it's uh, I liked it. I enjoyed the journey and wanting to see the worlds and wanting to see what these Eternals could do, and then finding out what they are, and I dig it. I dig it! Now, Shang-Chi was the one before this, and I definitely enjoyed Shang-Chi a lot more than this movie. Oh, did you? I did, yeah. But I still like the Eternals. I didn't know nothing about the Eternals either. I had no expectations from it. Nice. But I could say that from Shang-Chi as well. I just, there was something about that movie that was really fun. Mm-hmm. This one I wouldn't call fun exactly. Because it's a bit more Agree. thoughtful. It uh, feels, it definitely feels different to other Marvel movies. It feels a bit like Harry Potter. And I don't even know what that means because I've not watched Harry Potter. <laughs> well, that seems But there was something Harry Potter about it. I can't tell you what it is. It might have been the Britishness at the See, beginning. See, I and... felt Peter Pan. And then they made the Peter Pan reference. I'm like, oh, there it is. They did. I actually it. really thought that. So that's funny. But it's got this darker feel. And the stakes are very high, as high as Thanos' uh, deal, if you think about it. It's just it doesn't come across that way. The stakes are huge, like the whole of the Earth will die. Yeah, they, I mean, the stakes are always high, right? Because yeah, but these stakes feel very high. But like in the Thanos uh, thing, you feel, oh my God, this is terrible. Like, it's horrible. I can't deal with this. But in this movie, once you're alerted to, oh, this is what is going to happen, well, here first, let's explain a little bit what you're talking about. Not everyone knows what Thanos is. Now, I don't know why they'd be watching the Eternals without having watched all of Marvel, but what did Thanos do that you're saying, oh my God? Uh, well, Thanos is a bad guy in the Marvel Universe, and he did a thing in Endgame where he wore the Infinity Gauntlet, he snapped his fingers, and half of everything died. Half of all living half everything. Of everything that lives. In the universe, not just yeah. on Earth, not, yeah. Which is huge. Life. I mean, yeah. it's, it's devastating for everybody, right? Now, this movie has a, also a equally as big deal, because Earth will be dead. We're fighting for Earth, let's say. Yeah, as always. But I never felt like we were fighting for Earth. <laughs> That's the problem. I'd, oh, I get you. There wasn't enough state. Like, a, like, there wasn't Spider-Man and Iron Man over there who I care about. I don't know these Eternals yet. Jeez. Not, well, Harsh. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not fully... There's a lot of these Eternals, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, you said at the beginning, there's a shot on the beach, the hero shot. They're all stood in a line. How many of them are they? Nine? And there's a lot. And you look at it and you're like, whoa, there's nine new superheroes, I guess. And then you spend the next hour and a half 
learning a little bit about each of them. But by the time you get to giant stakes, big battle, I don't feel like I know them well enough to care as much as I did about Iron Man and Spider-Man and mm. Black Panther, etc. The stakes didn't work for me. I get you. I do enjoy working on a level like this is of like the gods, the universe. What's the guy called? I'm terrible with names. The one who pulls you out and talks to you. He's got a really boomy voice in this movie. Atheos or atheists or something like that. Yeah, he pulls you into the universe basically and you're just like before him and he's bigger than a planet. He's their god is what they they yeah. think of him as their god. Yeah, he's bigger than a planet. It's very impressive. He's got a really amazing voice. Everything's on this huge scale where you know that what they're fighting for there is kind of like just a little ant. Actually, you just hit on one of my points about him being bigger than a planet. And essentially, this story is about birthing one of them out of our planet. So unless you're a baby celestial, because that's what he is. He's a celestial. That's what they call them, right? Yeah. Celestials. And now one of them is being birthed out of our planet, which will, of course, destroy our planet. That's what we're trying to avoid right. or save but, or whatever. But the argument is... But he's so... They tried to give the illusion that it's one of them, but then it's never going to fit inside of Earth unless it's born as a child celestial. Right. But if then you think, that. like, why would you be doing that? The Eternals let that happen, but it's about everything being further on, right? What do you mean? Why would the Eternals let all of Earth die? Well, Oh, well, the they didn't know, first of yeah, all. Yeah, the idea in the story is that these Celestials get born. They might destroy a thing, but then another thing lives, right? It's like a give well, and here's, take. Well, here is the story. Spoiler. The Celestials, like the big gigantic guy, they make, they reproduce by putting a seed of their, whatever they are, into the middle of a planet. Random planets around the entire universe, every galaxy, whatever. Then when that thing bursts out of that planet, born out of the, like, volcano vagina, as I was thinking, because it's like <laughs> Like this volcano going off. I'm like, is that the... It explains what volcanoes are for. Volcano vagina is all about. Because <laughs> here it comes. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't graphic or anything. It's just, it was in my mind. So then what the celestials do is then they go off with all the energy they have of bazillions of universes combined. And they basically create planets and galaxies and solar systems themselves. They're the ones that create all of these other places. But And then you say, oh, well, then they created Earth, right? Because we're part of that. So they made everything. But they're only making everything so they can plant their seed to destroy the thing to make another one of themselves. No matter what it is, it's only because they want to keep reproducing. Yeah. There's the loop that they're in. So if you destroy a planet, it's no big deal to them. They've made endless number of planets. But to the creatures on the planet who feed the thing that's growing inside of it somehow with knowledge. And I didn't get that part. So that's the loop of violence. You're, I'm creating this thing. It's going to destroy this other thing that I also created. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the God story. Mm -hmm. But in a different yeah. guise. <laughs> the stakes don't feel high enough, even though they're as high as they've ever been. We're talking about like galactic level stuff. But then when I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, no, we're just talking about the earth being destroyed. That's all. Yeah. Which is huge. We're talking about huge things. Mm -hmm. I never once felt like anybody was in danger. 
Oh, well, that is, yeah. I didn't think the world was going to end. I get you. Did you? Well, no, because I've seen a lot of Marvel movies. <laughs> what was the high stakes in this movie? Like, um, where did you think, oh, shit, this is bad? Letting the... Um, yeah, I don't think there were any other than <laughs> freeing the Eternals. Right. To be the... I mean, they're created just to do this thing, and which, again, you got to watch it, but you'll see that they're just sort of a cog in the machine here for they're, this whole process. They're like a, like a gatekeeper, like a... Right. And like all of us, except through, at some point in our lives that we're all cogs in the machine, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what we're... We make some money and move it around and live our life, and then we die, and then blah, blah, blah. It's round and round circles. So I just want them to be free of that. That was really the only thing I was thinking. And there might be some, not spoilers, but there might be some casualties along the way, even of the Eternals. Sure. So don't get used to everybody. <laughs> this movie is, I'll definitive statement here. Okay. It's too short and it's also too long <laughs> at the same time. Oh my, okay. Explain. Jeez. Well, like I said earlier, they introduce a lot of characters in this movie. Characters you've never seen before, who you've got to get to know. So there's a lot of front-loaded, this is what each person is. But mm -hmm. it's very rushed because they've got to get to the big story and do all that stuff. So all that's rushed, so I'm not enough time to like love all the characters. I love some more than others, just because I think they spend more time on some than others. Then, when it gets to the end, and there's that big battle... Yep. I think that big battle was at least 10 minutes too long, or maybe more. Mm. It just felt like it was doing the same thing, like and somebody running really fast, and it just felt like empty, mm. considering what was supposed to be happening. I felt like that went on forever, and I would have rather had a shorter like battle at the end and more character development of people towards the start. It just felt a bit I get you. lopsided. If it was two movies, like two separate Eternals movies, Maybe they could have set them all up in the first one, then had the big battle in the second gotcha. one. Gotcha. Or done 10 movies. Yeah. <laughs> Give every character one everybody whole movie. Gets, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, everybody gets a Disney Plus show and then <laughs> yeah. the movie comes out. I mean, you would love that because you love that stuff. I would watch that, yes. You would. But yeah, that's my finding on this. Too long <laughs> and too short all at the same time, which is really... Well done. I That's a good trick. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good and it's terrible all at the same time. So let's move on to the cast here. We've got Gemma Chan as Cersei. I love Gemma Chan. Love her. She's you from do. Humans. That's the first time we ever saw her. Me and you, that is. Correct. She was fantastic. If you've never seen the British show Humans, it was when Gemma Chan was first starting out. It's a really cool show. It's really cool. Yeah. So go back and look at that. What did you think of Gemma here? I loved her. I feel like she's always all in. You know what I mean? She's just emotional, believable. She's solid. I like that about her in humans. I like her in this. Now she's a little bit of the human character, right? Because Yeah, she is. When it boils down to it, they said, what are we, glorified robots? They're not really, because they're obviously made of some sort of you know natural materials also, but charged with the energy from this big giant celestial guy. So she pulls off a little bit of the sort of like stunned look a lot, which she also did in Humans, but overall, I think she's really, really good. Richard Madden plays Icarus. What do you, you like think? Him. I like to call him uh, Biclops. Biclops. Biclops instead of Cyclops. You people out there who like the X-Men, you know what I'm yeah. saying. You catch what I'm throwing. 
Funny, uh, in this movie, a Marvel movie, they make a uh, Superman joke out of him. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of cool. That yeah. is funny. I just, you're <laughs> right. Uh, again, I'm not a comic book person, so to me, that was a little bit lost. It was crossing the streams. But Come now on. that you say it, that's pretty cute. He was fine. I mean, he's really serious. Very serious. Yeah. Yeah. Real serious. Uh, talking of serious, Angelina Jolie as Thena. Very serious. Very serious. I liked her, though. Yeah, not used a lot. Again, I feel like there's a lot more to her and we didn't see it. Yeah. She was kind of like there sometimes. and then Well, let's explain her character. Her character, because these Eternals, as we find out, have been alive for millions of years, then they're accumulating memories because they're sentient beings, but they're also like created by this guy as very high tech robots we'll say right but made out of like organic matter yeah so he takes their memories and stores them but he wipes them out every time that he sends them out on another mission to another planet to make sure he can make another baby of himself right so I'm, I'm boiling it down for you she somehow it got broken in the process and now it's like everything's flooding back to her sometimes and it's like breaking her mind. I really like that. Yeah, you too. I love cool. that. It was like and she so was a zombie. The way she is is just a little bit afraid and confused and I thought that she did it exactly right. We've also got Salma Hayek as Ajax. <laughs> I was like Salma. She's great. Not given a lot of time in the movie again. True. Blink and you'll miss her. Kit Harrington, Jon Snow, <laughs> plays Dane Whitman. I'm sure he loves it when people do. John Snow. <laughs> John Snow. <laughs> Does, if of... anyone doesn't know, we're referring to a show that's called <laughs> Oh yeah, nobody Game knows of Thrones. That <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Not everybody knows he was John Snow. What do you think of Kit in this one? Uh, he was fine. You know what? He's just, he's the same most of the time. I mean, he's not much in this one, but he will be in the future. Let's yeah. say. Let's just say that about him. Yeah. We've got Barry Keoghan as Druig. He was my favorite thing in the movie. Yeah, I like him. I think, I think he's really a good actor, that dude. Yeah. I liked where his character was coming from. Because you could say, oh, he's kind of bad. But no, he's kind of like, kind of had Let's enough of what's going on. Explain his power. His power is to like take control of people's emotions and mind. Anybody's mind. He can yeah. make them do anything. But, and so his conscience tells him that when humans start to fight and have war and do all the stupid shit that we do, he just says, his thing is like, why don't I just stop them? Inside, he wants to do that, but he's following the code of not supposed to be doing that, right? But sometimes right. he does it just out of mischief. <laughs> like if there's a little bar fight taking place, he might stop it. Right. He's conflicted in his mind. He's like, I'm supposed to be following these rules. But I have the power to fix everything. Yeah. So what do I can I literally save everyone from war and famine, and I can make everybody be a genius, or I can make everybody be... Because the idea is they're under the impression that they're on this planet to make sure that we follow through with all of our technological advances, right? So that someday we all go to space and all that kind of stuff. That's the yeah. gist I got. Whereas his mind is like, all I have to do is just tell them to just make them think it, and they'll think it, and that's it. And they won't be violent and they won't be hateful to each other. And So it's torture for him, the entire thing. Like he's just, Yeah, exactly. And he has to go off, like, just to keep himself sane, I think. And we've got Kumail Naninji. Sorry, Kumail, that's probably wrong. <laughs> he plays Kingo. What did you think of him? I think he was fine. He was a bit cheeky for my taste. 
He's the most cheeky thing in this movie, probably, right? Yeah. Especially when he's doing the Bollywood thing with his eyebrows and stuff. It's like, almost like that's a different movie. I mean, I understood what he was going for there, but yeah, it was a bit much for me. But I mean, I like him. And there are moments when he dropped that and was just fine. And then we've got Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. He's the technology kind of eternal. I like it at the beginning when he's like, he's like inventing, what was he inventing? The combustion engine, but way too early in civilization. He's like, yeah, they could have this now. And you know, what, where were we? We were in the, like the pyramid times. Yeah, I think so. And he's like, yeah, I've invented this so they can have this now. And the other Eternals are like, this thing is a bit early for that. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. Then I've got plan B It's the plow. (laughs) So yeah, he's like the technology. I was going to say God, but not God, eternal. And then we've got Leah McHugh as Sprite. What did you think of Sprite? I thought she was good. Makes me thirsty, Sprite. She was very serious, which I don't dislike, but very serious. Very serious little character. Because her thing as an Eternal is, whoever made her, this celestial guy, made her as a child. Yeah. And she's now going to live forever as a child, but with all of, obviously, all the knowledge and the growth other being over millions of years, but she still looks like a child. So that means that no matter where she goes on earth, she can't stay for very long because people start noticing that she's not yeah. getting older. Now, here's my thing. In the last 20 years in the Marvel universe, in the world that they live in, people acknowledge Thanos and the Avengers. You know, at some point, couldn't she have just said in a town, well, I've, you know, I'm maybe I'm a superhero or something like, I don't even know, but that was their reason. That's her reason. Yeah, you're right. Superheroes are accepted at that point. Known of, at least, yeah. We've also got Lauren Ridloff from The Walking Dead as Makari. What do you think of Makari? I liked her. Yeah, she's the lady in The Walking Dead who's actually a deaf person with sign language. And in this movie, she's a sign language deaf eternal, which is cool. She's great in The Walking Dead. And she's also great in this. This movie is very inclusive. Yeah. It includes. Almost everything. Not everybody. There's no one in a wheelchair. There's nobody in a wheelchair, but they're very We're inclusive. not knocking inclusivity, so don't get anybody get all snotty No, I'm and saying weird. it's really super inclusive, so I in think this it's a one, good thing. It's not like in an obnoxious way. Now, we've seen it done in an obnoxious way before, where it's like, oh, God, they're trying too hard. Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Something like that, where you're like, eh, so you're you like, need uh-huh. to. The yeah. Meg. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't like that. But there are factions from all kinds of religions, sexuality, mm-hmm. race. There's a Not lot. all kinds. I'm sure someone will say, well, I wasn't represented, which, you know, if that's the case, then however it suits the story and the world, then fair enough. But for this, it seemed like, okay, I'm seeing all types of people and I like it. And it didn't feel... Too much to me. I was represented by Not that Angelina there's too much. Jolie. Um, let me correct that because I'm sure someone will get snotty and offended. But too much as in it seems like someone is trying too hard instead of telling the story to make the movie look the way everybody who wants it to look a certain way does. So they're catering to an idea instead of the story. That's the part that I don't like. And then we've got Ma Song Seo. See that? I did it right. Did you? As Gilgamesh. Don't know. (laughs) Gilgamesh. Did you like Gilgamesh? I did. He's another Eternal. There's a lot of Eternals. You've got to really get 
You're like, (laughs) is there another one? Oh, there's another one. There's so many of them. Another thing about the movie, when we were talking earlier about the actual plot, though, is I'm like, do they really matter, any of these, though? Like in in the overall, (laughs) like maybe they will in the future, but yeah, it is explained in the movie why they didn't help when Thanos came around. That was my first question. If these dudes are over here and they can do anything, like can literally fix anything, when Thanos came around, why weren't they here? It's like when we watched Supergirl, where the hell was Superman? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in one thing, you know, but you, when, once you've started down a path, I guess, when you're telling a story, then you're like, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Yeah. We can't just have one guy who can save everybody all the time, right? No. So, yeah, it was explained. So I like that. This is directed by Chloe Zhou. She directed Nomadland, which was your favorite movie of last year. Yeah. So how do you rate this one or directing? I feel like it was a big project. Yes. <laughs> you could say It's that. a very big project and there's a lot of moving parts. I don't know that the directing stands out or is, you know, particularly good or bad in any direction. It's functional. Everybody does their thing. Project was completed. You can just, say this about all Marvel movies pretty much. Well, the way they made kind of, yeah, yeah, but this just had no stamp of like a distinct personality to me other but than I, you saying it was a little bit darker, but I didn't really catch that so much as you did. When Kevin Feige was talking about this movie, he was talking about it being very artsy. Hmm. Then when it started, I was like, it started with, you know, like a, a text crawl, which I'd not seen before in a Marvel movie. And then it started with some cool images of the universe. But then it pretty much turned into a Marvel movie instantly. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel it's artsy at all. It's not artsy at all. No. Like maybe for a few frames at the beginning. And then then we're fighting on a beach with monsters and stuff. And everybody's like lasering out of their eyes and everything. Only one guy was lasering out of his eyes. And well, that was Biclops. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> and once you see it, you'll know why I'm calling him Biclops. Because it's hilarious. He could if they made another X-Men. He could be it, right? Um. What? A Biclops? A Cyclops. <laughs> no, he's Biclops. He can't be anything else. Oh. He's what he is. There are no extras because the Blu-ray isn't out till February. You have to wait for that. Let's have a look at IMDb reviews. What are those? Uh, those are reviews on a website called IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. And these are the ones that have one star because you think they're hilarious. There's a lot of people give this a one star, to be fair. More than it normally. So that means the idiots are out. Here we go. Ah, see, you can't say they're idiots just because you this don't guy agree says, with them. Number one says, this movie is absolute crap. It's the worst Marvel movie ever made. Even famous actors are as expressive as a zombie in a very low-budget movie. The only credible part is the Bollywood scene. Interesting perspective. Thank you. Next person says, awful, pointless, boring waste of film. If you can make it past the pointless, self-gratifying opening, then you have superpowers. Thank God I streamed this because I'd have walked out of the theater in the first 10 minutes. I'm happy I could just close the window and watch something else. Is it that bad? No, it is that bad. Definitively. Fair enough. Last person says, is this a movie for children? What's with just taking famous actors and packing them into one movie? And what's with all the cartoonized characters? Definitely not a movie for adults. 
and I'm not going to watch Marvel again because of this. I can understand that the characters have superpowers, but why bring already non-action actors in? And what's with the children movie? Also, no story, no goal, no logic. No scenes that put together to make a movie. Well, that was a mouthful. Thank you, whoever a you are. A mouthful of bullshit. <laughs> oh my God, why are you being so judgmental? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it didn't make any sense. I mean, they can say whatever they want. Just be glad you're not them. Didn't make any sense, though. That's what I say. Just I'm glad I'm not that person. I'm going to give this movie a score. I'm going to give Eternals a 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10. I'm going to give a 6.5. First of all, because I don't want to be like you. And second of all, because I do think it's that much above. And I would, uh, if it was on TV and I was there, I'd probably watch it again. I would say that about any Marvel movie, though. You would. doesn't mean they're all tens, you know? <laughs> no. But uh, I did enjoy it. Just Shang-Chi is my jam at the moment of Marvel movies. Really good, that one. Your jam at the moment. What are you, hip with the kids? Yes. Okay. Just checking. All right. So thank you to Disney and Marvel for letting us review. Next week, we'll review the new Dune. How about that? Like a big kick of massive giant movies at the moment. Aren't we? You are. That's we've, what you are. We've got Dune coming up. We've got Ghostbusters coming up. We've got some big movies coming up. It's a big year for movies. This big. is a this grand statement that you're making. <laughs> One of the biggest years for movies because Top Gun comes out this year. Top Gun. Does it though? Because we need to, you know, hold hold your hopes. Yeah, probably. Probably get cancelled again. Be very, be very cautious about getting too awfully excited. Yeah. All right. No. Movie recommendations. I'm going off this movie. I'm going for Dunkirk. And if you watch the end scene of this movie, you'll understand why. And Nomadland, which is an amazing movie made by the director of this. So there are my obvious. You know, <laughs> what kind of comment is that? What kind of comment is that? My obvious. Is that because mine aren't obvious enough? Because I'm going back to the 1990s. <gasps> That's right. Boys and girls, I am going back to the 1900s, the late 1900s, as it were, the last decade of the 1900s for my five recommendations. I'm going to do them very quickly. Arachnophobia, Flatliners, My Blue Heaven, Exorcist 3, and Postcards from the Edge. I will agree with Exorcist 3. That is very good. Is it? Yes. The George C. Scott one. Yeah? Yeah, I really love that one. Interesting. Not two, everybody does. Two is horrible. Hmm. One is the one of the best movies ever. Three is very, very, very good. I don't know if it's very, very, very good. You might have to watch it again. I think you're. Oh, I know over- it. No, I think you might need to watch it again. I know it. Yeah. Postcards right. from the Edge. You know what that's about, right? Yes. You know who wrote it? Woody Allen. Nope. No. <laughs> Your friend. Steve Martin. Princess Leia. Yes, that's right. About her and her mother, her real life mother. I've not watched it. Never. Well, you should now. I should. Flatliners, not so good. Arachnophobia, awesome little niche movie. My Blue Heaven, fun little movie with Steve Martin. You know, Arachnophobia was a big blockbuster movie, not niche. Um, It was not a big blockbuster movie. It, it might like have a- got a lot of attention, but it's a cheap little movie. So, yeah. It's like um, Starship Troopers, like campy like that. Yeah. Awesome. I, I know, I've seen it. <laughs> All right, so Ace Gully stuff this week. 
we have been watching a TV show on HBO Max called Station Eleven. We're, we're near the end now. It's kind of sad. How do you like it? I love it. What's it about? The end. I'm not telling anybody anything because I knew nothing. So I'm not even going to tell anybody. Movies, I, I'm, I'm over it. I'll spoil them. All right, I'll tell, I'll Don't tell them anything. It's based on a book. It's on HBO Max. <sighs> and uh, That's yeah. it. That's it. Hold on. Zip. Hold on. Zip it it has actors in it. <laughs> there we go. So next up is uh, I've been playing a game called Scarf. Do you know what a scarf is? I mean, I know what a scarf is. I had one on five minutes ago. Yeah. Well, it's a game about a little man with a scarf. Okay. And the scarf, like, kind of grows, and it's got superpowers in the scarf. Okay. And the game itself is, like, it's a mixture of, like, 2D and 3D, kind of like how Mario operates. Like, it's it's a platform-type game with baddies that you use the scarf to attack. But there's also a lot of puzzles. It looks really cool. Do you remember the game Journey? No. Where you're wandering across the desert. You kind of had a scarf as well, for now I come to think of it. Maybe that's what reminds me of it. Just to be clear, everyone, he's saying scarf as in S-C-A-R-F. I mean, people understand me. Scarf. See the difference? Scarf, scarf. Yeah, well, yours sounds wrong. It might, it do, I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just clarifying. Stop criticizing me. I'm, I'm reviewing a game. This isn't a criticism. This is me clarifying for you. Oh, okay. Delicately and very elegantly so it's a 3d and 2d platforming game with puzzles it's on steam i think it's only on steam at the moment and it's really cute now i played all the way through it i played all the way through it without realizing i'd played all the way through it do you get what i'm saying um it's very short is what i'm saying unlike the scarf in the game which is very long I was like, oh, hold on. I'm at the end. It was like, what, two, three hours long? But it is fun to play, you know, along the way. But it ended just like really abruptly. I don't know if there's going to be like more to it, like a DLC or something. I got you. But it has a cool look to it. It's a bit like Legend of Zelda, a bit like Journey, which you don't know, but it's a PlayStation game that came out. And if you like solving puzzles... Having a scarf that can attack the enemies. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> and jumping on platforms, you know, the platforming, the old, that old chestnut. You might enjoy it. It's called Scarf. It's on Steam. It's available now. That's it for me this week. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? For supper, we're going to have some potatoes, corn, veggie burger. How they're prepared, I have not decided yet. But the reason I'm not going anywhere is because it's snowed today. So it could be a little slick. Also, I don't want to, and we're telling you what we eat because we're vegetarian and people seem to think that means we're sitting around eating cardboard all day. We are not. I mean, sometimes. Uh, Yeah, but not every day. No. (laughs) And that is all. Well, what is your advice? Oh, my advice? Well, let me get over to it. I forgot. (laughs) Let me say this. 719 podcasts in, Sid Talk still doesn't (laughs) understand the structure. (laughs) I understand it. I don't respect it. I think there's a big <laughs> difference there. My, uh, it's not advice. This is just an observation. It's a bit of a thought of the day. All right. So they, you know, we like to do the quotation marks. They who decide all the shit for us. They say like when you fall down in life, you just got to get right back up. Right. Get right back up and get back to it. But here's a thought. 
Maybe you shouldn't just get right back up on that little pedestal where you're imagining your life was before you fell. Now, that falling could be anything, right? Yes. It could be an emotional disaster, a physical disaster, something, loss, grief, illness, anything that knocked you down. And then over there, up above, where you feel like you are now, it was is your life as it was. Maybe your life as it was doesn't need to be how it's going to be again. Maybe that pedestal over there isn't where you need to get at. And being down here, and I'm sorry if it's because of a horrible tragedy or something horrible and terrible that you have no control over, but being at the very bottom over here, looking up at the life you think you want, maybe that's not it. And this down here is your chance to give you, sadly, an opportunity to, you know, build another pedestal. Don't stay down. If you can, avoid it. Build another thing. Make another life. Instead of just like, get right back up on the same horse again. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe find a different horse. Yeah. Or not a horse, because I'm not an animal person. But whatever. What about a zebra? Think of any analogy you want. <laughs> That's fine. All right. And that is all. Thank you very much, Sidsa, for your insightful comments. I know. I'm a genius. Ascully.com is where you can get this podcast. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also catch us on anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that podcasts are available. Email me at aschoolyascoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want any of your emails. Thank you. Mm. And stay classy. The real, if you've stayed this long, I'm going to do a little spoiler here. Okay. But stay classy, Mr. Harry Styles, the real star of this movie. Oh, God. And I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you don't, someone's doing it for you. 